It's been a long time coming, ladies and gentlemen, but we are back, back in the studios, two of them, uh, and uh, and we're ready to talk hockey. It feels like it's been a long time. And for those of you that are maybe listening to this for the first time, this is the Kraken Night Show, the only podcast on the planet dedicated to the two youngest teams of the NHL. That is the Vegas Golden Knights and the Seattle Kraken. And as always, I'm joined by my partner in crime, and that is JP. How's it going, mate? Ian, I'm good, man. It's good to be back. Uh, back in, like you said, back in the studios. I'm digging the new theme, little 80s vibe there. <laughs> yeah. Right up my alley, the the whole synth pop thing. But yeah, man, I'm feeling a little rusty. We got to get back into this. It is, yeah. We, we, people obviously won't won't know this because because <laughs> we didn't record the, the the bit of us trying to set up for about two hours as uh, <laughs> both me and JP realized that we have to dust off the mic and make sure that everything actually worked, plug it all back in. Right. So, uh, <laughs> got it working though. We're yeah, exactly. This is basically like our preseason, right? This is, this is us dusting off the cobwebs ready for a, ready for the regular season. That's right. A preseason podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. But there's just, there's not going to be any kind of substitute halfway through and the rookies come on for the second half of the podcast. You have just got us for the full time. Um, that's right. But, we kind of ummed and ahed in the off season what we were going to do. Were we going to release a podcast every kind of stage along? So I know that some shows did a post draft, post free agency day, post this, post that. We kind of just decided that like we needed a holiday. You guys needed a holiday. You probably weren't paying attention that closely anyway that you wanted to get into now. And everything changes so quick. No matter when we would have chosen to do those shows we were pretty certain that they were going to be out of date pretty damn quick so we decided that we just weren't going to do that and we were going to do this and we were going to have two special episodes so we've got one which obviously you're listening to right now and then we've got another one that gets released in about four nights time so this is coming out on wednesday the 14th of september and the second one of these two episodes will be released on wednesday the 28th of september he says hopefully Presuming there's no technical issues, but that should be that. <laughs> we'll be all right. And we're we're really up and exactly. running again. We'll be okay. <laughs> yeah, I got my I got my board. My board's working again. I can, you know, I got all my little. There go. The <laughs> jingles effects. are going. So we're, yeah. it's it's like we never left. Um, and <laughs> yeah, and then we'll be back to normal, mate. The regular season starts in October, uh, and then we we go back to doing this on a weekly basis. Hopefully, with a little bit less depression than 2021-22 season because that wasn't great let's be honest for either team yeah tough tough year for both teams last year so Mm. uh yeah it's got it's got to be looking up i think it's it's got to be it's got to be so so we're going to cover a lot on these two episodes so we're going to try and keep to an agenda but the kind of cutoff point for the two episodes will be quite uh fluid um but we want to look at the draft we want to look at free agency. We want to look at some of the moves in between hand. We want to look at what our thoughts are, you know, for next season. We've got head coach changes in there as well. The mm-hmm. big Bruce is in the house. Mm-hmm. So we've got to talk about him, of <laughs> course. Um, we're going to, we're going to do some predictions and we're going to kind of go through what those predictions are at the end of this episode. And the reason being is that allows you guys as the listeners to tweet us what your predictions are. So what your answer to these questions are. Um, and, and then we'll do our own, obviously, in episode two. And then at the end of the year, we can see how much we know about hockey in comparison to you guys. Which, to be <laughs> honest, you, that's when you find out that we don't really know anything about hockey, which is which is which is fine. Uh, it's hilarious. I, I know we're going to get to this, but like um, our predictions on the nights were way off too. Like uh, if you listen to the very last episode last season, all all the things that we thought were going to happen, <laughs> most of them oh, did not. So no. uh, we'll get to that in a minute. But I just think that's no, funny because no. we did our and we'll do this again. We did our kind of where we think everybody is going to finish in our division. So in the Pacific, you know, and in the Western Conference in, in general. And we were right about the central being strong, which it was, um, but we were wrong about a lot of things. Um, you know, <laughs> a lot of teams. I mean, yeah, you know, the, yeah. the Seattle weren't as good as we thought they were going to be, but then there were teams like the Kings who were much better than we thought we were, were going to be. Yeah. So yeah, um, you never know how it's going to go. That's the joy of sports, right? You can predict, but uh, things always go a little bit differently than you than you expect. That's what keeps it exciting. So yeah. Yeah, well, as somebody who's or depressing, I mean, this, 
Or depressing, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but as somebody who is a uh, a big American sports fan on in general, obviously watched the beginning of the NFL, yes, last night, and or last night for me, obviously, afternoon for mm. most people in the US. And that just proves like how, you know, I was listening to so many podcasts beforehand that were predicting X, Y, and Z, and most of it was completely wrong. So yeah, um, oh, yeah. 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 So there we go. Well, I think the best place for us to start... JP, probably the biggest thing that happened, and I, I am biased, as, as you guys know by now, the way this podcast works is I'm horrendously biased to Seattle, JP's horrendously biased to Vegas, and we kind of even <laughs> each other out <laughs> with that bias, right? right? right. Kind of how this works. <laughs> um, but the draft draft day was, was going to be, it was always going to be interesting this year because you had, the question was, are they going to take Shane Wright as number one overall? And as it got closer and closer and closer to the draft, it looked very much like it wasn't going to be Shane Wright that was going to be first overall. He was probably going to fall to number two is what people thought. Um, and it was going to be who obviously the Montreal Canadiens took as, as the first overall pick, right? Uh, and I've got to horrendously pronounce his name, but Slavovsky, obviously the, the winger from, from Europe, right? But anyway, so we... We kind of knew going into the draft that he was going to get taken first overall. It didn't look like Montreal were going to take Shane Wright. But what nobody expected, certainly I didn't expect, was Shane Wright to fall like he did. And when it got to the third overall pick, and I was, you know, those of you that are returning listeners, it's not going to be a surprise for you to know that I kind of stayed up and watched it like a sad sado. And, uh, <laughs> and then when... <laughs> Yeah, with popcorn no, I didn't really, but that kind of thing and <laughs> uh and then so then, then when logan cooley was taken third overall by arizona hopefully i'm getting that right now i've got the draft in front of me but i'm pretty certain that's that's where he went that was the surprise one because that was the one where everybody thought okay so shane wright's being taken third overall then you know um i i think it was always going to be difficult for him to go second because the team that were drafting second, which was the New Jersey Devils, had already taken two centers in Jack Hughes and Hishier. Right. It was very unlikely they were going to take Shane Wright. So mm. the second he wasn't taken first, everybody went, okay, so he's going third. He's going to go third, yeah. yeah. And then when he didn't, obviously most of Seattle cheered because they knew what that meant. And that meant that whatever wrong name Ron Francis had written down on that board just got mm-hmm. a big marker pen through it. Like, <laughs> not you. And and it was Shane Wright. Right. And and you know, I've I've seen so many things about Shane Wright and people saying he's a good player, but he's not going to be an elite player, which is why he wasn't taken first overall, and that he's got great hockey IQ, but you know, he's not got a great shot and this, that and the other. And and I think you know, we were saying just before we came on on air that let's be honest, this is it is a lottery. Okay, the draft is in itself a lottery. We don't know for a fact that just because you're taking first overall, it guarantees you to be an absolute legend. I know that that has happened for the last couple of seasons, which is why maybe younger fans of of hockey kind of think that if you go in the first three, you're almost guaranteed to be a superstar. But you know, we don't have to look far into Vegas's franchise to find Nolan Patrick, who was taken third overall, I believe, possibly even second, can't remember. Um, I think mm-hmm. it was second, actually. One of the two. He was taken the top three anyway. And, um, and that's, this is that rust that we were talking about. See, unrusty Ian <laughs> would have prepped for the show and known where <laughs> Nolan Patrick was drafted. Rusty Ian was, wasn't actually going to talk about Nolan Patrick, so I didn't look at it. But the point is... <laughs> He hasn't really turned out to be the player that everyone thought he was going to be. No, yeah. But sometimes the trajectory in terms of progression, it's not a straight line. So I still think Shane Wright's going to be a fantastic player. And, you know, to get him fourth overall was 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 great. I mean, what a what a what a capture for Seattle after having a really difficult first season. And you know, we talked on the last show about some of the wins that the the franchise had in terms of the marketing, the fan base, the arena, the atmosphere. But we were just sugarcoating the fact that the season was complete crap, um, and 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 it wasn't what people hoped for. People wanted they wanted Vegas 2.0. I know that was unrealistic. Before people tweet at me saying, you know, lightning in a bowl. I, we all know that, but you still hoped for that. And of course, yeah. So 
getting Shane right, I think that a lot of a lot of fans, a lot of Seattle fans, will have thought, you know, that's kind of vindication for having a very tough first season. Yeah, absolutely huge. I mean, that's a huge pick for um, for Seattle. Huge news, and uh, you know, I know we're going to get to the kind of a free agency and what happened in the off season, but you combine mm-hmm. that with some of the other acquisitions the team made and um, it's an, ex- it's been an exciting off season for Seattle. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of pumped to see what the Kraken are going to do. They definitely, I don't think there's any doubt that they've improved the team, at least on paper, right? Like on oh, paper, yeah. it's a stronger core. Um, so hopefully that, you know, they can execute that on the ice. Hopefully that translates to the product on the ice, you know? Yeah. And I I think, you know, we'll talk about the free agency in in a bit, so I won't talk about all the additions just yet. But those additions, there wasn't really any that I looked at and thought, yeah, that's a bit risky. I I felt like they went long on on players that had age on their side. Mm -hmm. And even if this year isn't a playoff year, um, and I'll let you know whether I think it or I think it is or I think it isn't uh, when we do our predictions. But it, it I, none of the moves kind of were cap hitting moves that I thought, oh god, what what are you doing that for? You know, it's, I don't think they've gone for broke. It's just it's smart, selective mm-hmm. purchases, which which is what I was hoping they would do. And in terms of the draft, obviously Shane Wright taking first overall, you know, a great piece for us. That's two centers now that we have up and coming. But you've got Matty uh, Bernier in there as well, so you can mm-hmm. see them being a one-two punch down the center. Um, Fergus, the circus, was taken in the second round. He was the third pick in the second round. There's a lot of talk about him. He's uh, for people say Google his him him because he he is he is a bit of a character. Um, it's <laughs> Jagger Fergus, so it's J A G E R, and he's a right winger from Canada. He's had a really good good year a lot of people thought he was going to go in the first round so the fact that he fell into the second round again was was a good pickup for for the kraken they took a lot of people and i don't want to just sit on this podcast and list all the people they took because you know i think it's it would be very dull uh if i'm honest (laughs) like you know they took but they took a lot of people and i think the reason they had to take a lot of people is they had a lot of picks uh and they don't have a big franchise and and the difference between the Kraken and Vegas, which we've mentioned on numerous times, is the fact that the Kraken were never, oh, well, are clearly not going to have that kind of boom into the blocks. So they're always, it was always about building that that depth chart, and, and that's what that's what they did. I mean, uh, most of these guys on here, you know, I've done my research. I know who they are. Do I know that you know Tucker Robertson, who was taken in the fourth round, is going to be a superstar? <laughs> no. No, and I don't think anybody does. So it's they made a lot of good good selections. Shane Wright obviously stole the thunder from everybody else, and rightfully so, because he was the kind of, you know, the big pick, the big steal, if you will. But it was a pretty solid draft draft from our side. And, you know, it, they covered a load of different areas as well. I mean, a, a lot of people thought that we were going to take defenders because in – the Carolina Hurricanes days, Ron Francis was very defender heavy in, in the first round. He, he did select a lot of you know, defensive players, but we, we, we didn't really. The first defender that we took was in the third round, which was Ty Nelson. Um, we took a goalie and in the second round as well, who I can honestly say that I, I had no idea who he was before we took him. So, And a goalie in the second round, I mean, if you want to talk about lotteries, that's uh, probably number one, but... Yeah, it was good. It was a good, good, good night for Seattle. They took a step in the right direction. Um, if Shane Wright, I see Shane Wright playing this year. I think he'll get signed onto a contract straight away. There's probably a little bit of marketing in this as well. The first nine games of the season, you can play someone like Shane Wright, and if you decide you want to send him back to junior, you can, or you can play him right. in the AHL, of course. But right, so there's the Seattle have got an option to sign him to a contract, which has already happened. He's already signed his entry-level contract. So he'll mm-hmm. probably play for Seattle, I would guess, opening night, see how he gets yeah. on, and if he gets on, great. If he doesn't, you know, because, you know, well, we've got nothing to lose. I mean, why, why wouldn't you do that? So, But uh, I have actually wrote down some potential, uh, my guess, I guess, for uh, for lineups for Seattle, but I'll, I'll, I'll cover that later on the, on the podcast. Mm. <laughs> um 
in terms of Vegas, a bit of a different draft for you guys. You've got a polar opposite, not a lot of picks uh, to go through. But there was two players that I wanted to for us to quickly discuss now, and that was the second round pick and the third round pick. So the second round pick is going to test my knowledge of Czech pronunciation. Um, I presume it's pronounced Mateas Sapovalev, Sapovalev, something like that. <laughs> Yeah, your your guess is as good as mine. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with your pronunciation. I think that's uh, spot on. Yeah. So Matthias, because his first name's a lot easier to pronounce his second. Yeah, it was the second round pick, obviously your first pick of the draft. It's Vegas. Right. Um mm-hmm. six foot three center. A pretty good numbers, to be honest, was playing for the Spirit uh, in junior last year. Um fifty-two points, sixty-eight games. Not too bad. Mainly assists, base center, so you kind of expect that. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know too much else other than that. He plays for the Czech national team as well, which is good to see, um, both under-18s and under-20s. So, you know, he's obviously good enough to make their team, which is, back in the day, European national teams weren't that strong, but with the resurgence of European prospects now, like to get in the Czech team, to get in the Sweden team, you've got to be pretty good, right? So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he looks a good choice. Yeah, seems like from on paper seems like a quality prospect. I tend to not uh, look too heavily into anybody who doesn't go first round, but um, and and if they're worth their salt, there'll be buzz about them like once once they're in the pipeline, right? But uh, but yeah, it's always nice to kind of watch and see what kind of promise these guys have once they sort of enter mm-hmm. the the team's uh, development system, you know. Yeah, and then your third round pick, and this was the guy that I highlighted, a much easier name to pronounce, by the way. So this is Jordan Gustafson. So uh, that's mm-hmm. much easier. Uh, he's a five foot ten. They've got him as a center slash winger on on on, on the hockey prospect, the elite prospect uh, website. But I, I, he seems to play more wing than center. But hey ho, uh, but he's five foot ten. So not the biggest body, but he's put up some seriously good numbers when you look at it over the years. And some of the junior numbers, it's hard to kind of see. You're looking at numbers, you think, oh, he only put up 30 points. But then you've got to remember that that was a season that was impacted by COVID. So for a lot of the players all over the place, the seasons weren't right. Obviously, the junior leagues got shut down. So it was a bit of a mess. Um, But in 21-22 for uh, Seattle, so the Seattle Thunderbirds, he posted 52 points in 58 games. So, again, you're talking a point-per-game player, and I know it's junior, but that does include 23 goals. So, yeah, he looks pretty good on paper. Yeah, those are good stats. Like you said, you have to, if you take any... Was that a shortened season, you said? or So, I think that one was, was full-length full because full that was 58 season. games. The season yeah. before that, uh, where he was obviously still at the Thunderbirds, that was 23 games. Which yeah, would, I think that was the COVID work. year, so that yeah. was, we all remember that too well. Um, yeah. And yeah, so that was that was that. Now, what I would, what I do want to cover when we're talking about, <laughs> I haven't got to push it that button in so long. Yeah, uh, and even when it got to the end of last year, I, we kind of didn't want to press those sorts of buttons because when we were talking about Vegas, it was. You know, very depressing. They weren't making the playoffs. <laughs> yeah. oh, so it was not happy, we, was it? <laughs> and we said, and I haven't. I should have. I should have cut the recording out. But we said, oh, there's, there's no way they're going to get rid of uh, the coach. There's, there's no oh, way yeah. that he's going to go. And yeah, we, were, uh, we were wrong on so many fronts, man. Yeah, and, and so it, it was just to very, very quickly summarize the off season. Then we're going to dive into each of these bits, and we'll cover trades and everything in a minute. But the first thing that came out was about Lena and the fact that he would need surgery. And obviously he's going to miss this season because of it. And we'll come back to the repercussions of that in a minute. Um, and then, you know, a couple of days later, DeBoer is no more. And, uh, mm. and off he goes. Yeah. And then everybody thinks it's Barry Trotz. And there would have been lots of podcasts out there that were not as smart as you and I. <laughs> who would have done a podcast straight away and have been like, Vegas are getting Barry Trotz. Vegas are getting I, Barry Trotz. Yeah. Because that's what pretty much what me and you said to each other yeah. <laughs> over, over oh, text, yeah, right? I thought that's that's what they were going to do, yeah. Looked odds on. And then it started to stall. And then trots weren't very quiet. And everybody started wondering, okay, so who are we going to get? And then there was talk of it being Quenville. 
then uh, then you start to get into the realm of anybody any coach who wasn't already in a job started being put down as being the person that was going to come to vegas and then complete left field to me anyway um it ended up being bruce cassidy Uh, Mm -hmm. and and that's who's going to be heading up the bench for at least next season Um, yeah but i guess people don't want to hear a seattle fan's thoughts on bruce cassidy so what's your thoughts jp on cassidy and what he's going to bring to the vegas golden knights I'm feeling reasonably positive on Cassidy. That that was an opportunistic move by management because obviously Cassidy wasn't available and had had a very long tenure in Boston, especially in NHL terms. I, I can't remember exactly how long he'd been there, but a lot longer than your average NHL, um, you know, stay on a team. Um, so yeah, that, that's obviously one of those things where he was on the if it becomes available list, we're going to grab him because Boston let him go and it happened so quickly. Um, you know, it's fairly clear to me that Vegas moved fast to try to secure him. Um, I feel pretty positive on the move just based on his track record. I think, you know, and and we said this on the last episode of last season that if they let Deboer go, it would more be kind of from an anger standpoint or an interpersonal standpoint. In retrospect, I think it was more, it was, less about DeBoer's performance and more about, I think they had a lot of locker locker room problems last year. I think maybe he had lost the team a little bit that he had mm-hmm. lost the players a little bit. And I think management and ownership just knew like they needed to make a change. And so mm-hmm. I think, um, fresh voice is going to be great. You know, um, Cassidy's systems are a bit different than DeBoer's. And I think <laughs> it was clear that DeBoer's systems for one reason or another with this group of players, you know, something just wasn't quite clicking. I mean, obviously injury ridden season, it's really hard to judge for sure, but um, I'm excited to see what he can do. I mean, gosh, he got Boston deep into the playoffs a number of times to the final, at least once, right. They, they lost to the blues, uh, but this is only a few years so- back. So yeah, so the the stats man has got it. He's got his stuff ready. Yeah, uh, on this one, not on some of the other stuff we've been talking about. But on this one, I knew we were going to talk about it. So, in terms of his coaching career, uh, he started in two thousand two, two thousand three, uh, with Washington. Uh, joined Boston in 2016, 2017, and obviously was there all the way through until this season. Um, He's coached 509 games, and he's won a total of 292 of them. And that includes some pretty ropey seasons with Washington. So the seasons with Boston are significantly better, um, including the winning the Eastern Conference in 2018-2019. And if mm-hmm. I go through the time that he was at Boston, they finished third in their division, second in their division, second in their division, first in their division, third and fourth for the last two years. But they've still got points percentages for the last two years of 0.652, which to be honest, in the West, probably is a playoff spot anyway, and obviously was for those two years. But it just shows the, how strong the East is for a start, but also how consistent he's been and, and and Cassidy has had to face a lot of changes in um you know in in Boston as well i mean people kind of remember the team now and they remember the the the, the you know the kind of the line of, of ultimate destruction in Marshand and and etc etc et mm-hmm. but it's you know they've had they've had cap issues they've had to juggle that they've had they've had bad years where they've then had first round picks which you know the, the infamous three i think it was two or three first round picks they had in a row which they pretty much blew out all three of them because um, mm-hmm. they missed people like barzell and all sorts um but right you know i think he's he's totally different to DeBoer, totally different to DeBoer. and i wasn't sold on DeBoer when when vegas went for him i felt they should have stuck with gallant and i'm not just bringing that up to just prod but i i, I do felt i i didn't like DeBoer in in san jose um i don't feel like it was his fault last year i feel like it's a bit of a it's a harsh season to judge somebody on because of the injuries that were there, mm-hmm. um, but you know it's done. Cassidy comes in. I think you'll see a stronger Knights. Um, 
I've put down here. I think they'll be a bigger team in terms of the way they play. I don't think there's a lot other than moves that we're going to talk about in a minute, but I think they'll be... Boston always played very tough, very defensively strong as well. Um, yeah. So and a, and a good power play. And I'll be interested to see how he can convert the Vegas power play because there's been times where that really has been Vegas' oh. Achilles heels. So and that's me being kind. <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. Oh, yeah. Everybody's that's probably one of the biggest points of excitement is just, gosh, let's, let's see an improvement in this power play. It's got to improve right under Cassidy, new systems, new coach. And it was about as bad as it could be, uh, last mm. season. So, um, yeah, there's, I, I'd be shocked if there weren't tremendous improvements there. So yeah. And generally exactly. the feeling among the fan base is fairly positive as well. I, I think, um, most people feel pretty good about the move. So, I mean, you know, we'll see how things go, but um, that's one, uh, you know, that's a huge win for the team, I think, in the offseason. Correct. I completely agree. Um, I'm really interested to see. I, I kind of like Cassidy as well. He's a bit old school. Um, he is. He seems like the kind of guy that if you're not pulling your weight, he probably doesn't wait too long before he tells you exactly mm. what he thinks. Um, but I, I like that yeah. and yeah. you know and so so fingers crossed he's he's good you know he's he's going to be everything that Vegas hoped for and and he's thrown himself into this because I know I, I saw an article where he was saying that you know, he's moved there he's, he's you know he's up, up the roots of his family they've all moved to Vegas you know he's he's really kind of jumped in with two feet which is which is what you'd expect but it's uh, all mm. good yeah so that was the stuff before but then then we got to free agency right and <laughs> and trades and and we we traded well i say it's the, it's the universal we but we saw our favorite trade of all time and everybody's favorite piece when you know it comes up on whatever wherever you get your news from it, it, when it pops up everybody always thinks the same thing or they know it's a cap dump okay when you see the word future considerations oh, and then somebody on some board some <laughs> comments board somewhere will put what does future considerations mean? And you have to kind of nicely explain to them. Well, the term trade by default means that something has to go back the other way or it isn't a trade, <laughs> it isn't it's a, a steal. So yeah. it has to be a trade. <laughs> and therefore, by having to be a trade, you have to give them something. Even if all you give them is like a Hershey bar back, there has to be something that says that. So we'll assume when we say future considerations, what we actually mean is, you know, Nothing. two tickets to a show somewhere because <laughs> yeah. it's it's not a player, it's not a pick, it's not yeah. like a future pick or a yeah. you know a, a what mm-hmm. if pick. If this happens, you get a third. No, 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 no. It is basically something of no value whatsoever that just right. has to be thrown in. Uh, but there were yeah. two big, big trades that we need to talk about. So the first one is Dananov, who was finally traded away from the Vegas Golden Knights, and he stayed where he was traded to this time. Um, right. And that was to Montreal. <laughs> yeah. And in return, you got back uh, Shea Weber, which five years ago would have been pretty cool. Um, yeah. But right now is completely pointless. He's not called future considerations, but he might as well be because, I mean, look, I, I get your opinion on this, JP, but like he's he's not playing, right? He's not playing a game. He's, 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 he's just pretty much staying in Montreal and he's on the roster in Vegas to be on LTIR, right? Yeah, yeah. They just took. They're just. That's just a, strictly a finance. They're just taking on his remaining salary that needs to be paid, right? But he's. Yeah, yeah his career is done. He's not going to play. So no. yeah, that was. That was um, Montreal. Excuse me, Montreal. I got to say it correctly. Canadians will be mad at me for saying it that way. Um, yeah, it's uh, their way of <laughs> sort of fleecing the Knights a little bit. You know, like. Um, they knew the Knights needed to dump salary, needed to move him, and that was what had to happen to to move him, right? So mm-hmm. it doesn't count against, right? Because that's the only thing. It's it, it, The Knights have deep pockets, right? Bill Foley has deep pockets, so it's not really that big a deal. It, they're paying it, and it doesn't count towards the cap at all, right? So um, Correct. It just, it just it costs not. Foley some money, but um, and there's a little like bit said, of pride like involved there, Pocket too. change for him, you know? A couple of million here, yeah. he probably found it underneath his sofa. So yeah, the, the, exactly. the, the next trade, which was, which was another like handcuffed deal, 
Uh, but, uh, yeah, yeah. But I, and I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably prod some of the Golden Knights fan base for this. But you know what? I, I knew this would happen. So the second it was traded, I saw Pacioretty traded to the Carolina Hurricanes. I saw that pop up on my phone, and I thought, "Wow, okay, that obviously is how they're gonna keep." the rest of their remaining cast. Because we, we, we right. talk, the only thing we did get right with our predictions is somebody had to go. Like we, some some big name player was the players. Go. Somebody had yeah. to go. Um, mm-hmm. And it wasn't going to be Dad Ornov because we knew he was going, right? So it was somebody right. else outside of that. Um, yeah. And and it, this was Pacioretty traded to Carolina Hurricanes for future considerations. And mm-hmm. the first thing I saw in that comments was that the Vegas had been fleeced and that they traded away X amount of goals. And I thought, yeah, they have, but only if he's fit and healthy. And then, would you believe it? Pacioretty's out for a big chunk of the season. I I can't remember where he's having. Yeah, I think he's having surgery as well. Yeah, Uh, It's it's win-win for Carolina, because even if he plays half the year, he's a fantastic player still. And it's a risk that they could take on, because what's that risk cost them currently? Right, right. Nothing. Yeah. Yeah. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't lose anything for him. No. Yeah. It's, um, a little bit of a shocker, but I also understand it. And we've said this about Pacioretty. He's, you know, he's just getting a little bit older. He's injured. He's just injured too often. And I'm sure that's why they chose to move him. Right. Like, yeah, he's so dangerous on the ice. His, uh, wrist shot is deadly. You know, he's tremendous amount of production, but I honestly can't remember the last time he played a full season and uh, he missed half the season last year and considerable amounts of time the year before. And like you said, mm-hmm. uh, now he's missing again. And so it was probably the right move over, you know, over moving somebody like, like we talked about Carlson might be on the move. I totally thought Smith was going to be gone. They resigned him. Same. Yeah, so um, that was that was that's an excellent piece of business, by the way. Resigning Riley Smith, I was really happy with that. They kept yeah. Wild Bill, um, mm-hmm. otherwise known as Buffalo Bill. If if, if people have listened to previous episodes <laughs> where I've cut that one right. up, I got it right this time. I even wrote down on my notes: "Say Wild Bill, Wild um, Bill, not and, Buffalo um, Bill." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so they kept Wild Bill. So yeah, it's it's we knew they had to move one big piece at least. Uh, possibly too, and it ended up being Pacioretty, and I'm fine with that. I think it's, especially now that we see he's out for another six months, I mean, it was probably the right move. And, you know, who knows? You, you often wonder, did they know? I, I, I gotta wonder myself, like, did they know he was gonna Sneaky, be out for yeah. six months when they traded him? Like, he, it's possible that, that, that they, that Carolina picked him up fully knowing that. You know, just because the public didn't know, didn't mean they didn't know. But um, it it works for Carolina because they could. If, yeah, well, we don't want to like give too much away in terms of predictions. But if Carolina were to make the playoffs next season, and even if he was to just come back for that, we know that the cap stops at the end of the year because that's the argument everybody has about LTIR and the Kucherov, right. as it's now known as. You know, yeah. so they could essentially Kucherov their way to get Patrick back. It, you know, ready for the playoffs next year if they were to make them. But mm-hmm. I think that was a, a yeah. good piece of business. The thing that I was mentioning, but I, unfortunately, I, I pressed mute, mute on my mic like a complete idiot because uh, I'm still rusty from, uh, from <laughs> not, not doing a podcast <laughs> for so long. But you you did then go and get another winger. Uh, and uh, I've written down here Zach Galifianakis, but everybody, everybody knows that that is... <laughs> Phil, so right. So I'm trying to get this name going. Okay, so we had the real deal. Okay, James Neal, of course. So I thought, well, Phil Kessel needs a nickname like that. So I, I think it should be Phil the Meal Deal Kessel. Right, that's that's what we need to go with. Okay, because it just suits him. I, I love Phil Kessel. I think he is an absolute legend. Okay, but I can see why people were like. Really, that's who we're getting in because his stats last year don't look great. They're okay. They're okay. Yeah. He posted 52 points in 82 games. Now, what you got to remember is he was on Arizona, uh, and uh, we'll start this season as we mean to go on, okay? Arizona, uh, that's the team that are going to be playing in the 5,000 seat stadium. And mm-hmm. somebody, please, please tweet me to how on earth are they affording? to pay for all their players because I did yeah. some rough maths 
And 5,000 times by the season ticket price, even if they sold out every single game, does not equal even 50% of the salary cap next year. So yeah, they're, they're you know, just going to go deeper out. into debt. Yeah, yeah, right, which is you know, <laughs> great for the NHL yeah. and the product on the ice. Um, but he only scored eight goals. And I think that's the bit that everybody's been saying is, yeah, but he only scored eight goals. He's costing you a million and a half. Like that's nothing. You know, it's, it's I think it was a great pickup. His... You know, as a locker room guy, his experience, you know, he could play third, fourth line. Who cares? Like, if he gets 20 goals next season, great. If he gets 10, you know, great. I think it's it was a great pickup. Super team-friendly deal. And, yeah, he his numbers might have been down a little last year, but he was playing for arguably the worst team in the NHL, you know. So, mm-hmm. right. For, for that salary, they only signed him for a year. Yeah. Um, you know, it's going to be a year by year thing if he continues with this team for sure. Uh, I thought it was a great pickup and yeah, locker room guy and he stays healthy. I think he doesn't he does. he have the current record for consecutive games played without missing a game in the NHL right now, which, and it's massive. So like the guy stays healthy, like he just doesn't, he doesn't miss games. So he's not no, likely he to be out injured if not, if he is, he's not likely to be out injured a lot. It's not likely to be a consistent problem, um, you know, huh. barring something catastrophic. Uh, so that's great considering the team's, you know, record of injury last season. So, hundred percent. And if you, you know, as I said, I, I, I love it. I love the move. Um, but I'm conscious of time, so we're going to move on to the next thing. Yeah. And not talk. I, I could mm-hmm. talk about. The fact that Phil, the meal deal, Kessel should be on billboards <laughs> everywhere. I mean, you guys from Vegas, which everybody knows the Hangover film series, if they don't yeah. play on that, they are completely missing a trick. The marketing <laughs> team, like they need to give him those, like the the shades with the, the kind of visor things. They're the baby. Yeah. Like that's how he should come out on the first right. game is with the baby attached, not a real baby, of course, but a fake baby yeah. attached to his chest. It'd be hilarious. Yeah. Um, oh, but, 100%. Hey, that would be... <laughs> I would be happy. Nobody else might like that, but I would be quite happy. So we talked about Lena earlier. So I'm going to switch complete, change gears straight away now. Um, and for those of you that don't know, by the way, we don't talk about the personal stuff too much, but the, uh, it, was, it was a new addition into the, into the Ian household. Uh, so I, I have a little four-week-old son, which is, which is why me and JP are, are rattling through this this podcast uh, um, because yes. congratulations uh, sleep, sleep is over. by the way thank you uh, thank you i i have a wonderful bundle of joy who who currently is denying me all available sleep so, yes so, as they the do, territory as they right do. it does matter <laughs> and I've, I've done this once and you think i would have learned the first time what this but i, I didn't so um <laughs> so but I, so I want to get through these points is, is what i was trying to say um and we talked about Lena earlier, and Lena to me, this is the one kind of thing where when I saw the news, I thought, oh, because yeah. we all kind of thought Lena looked off last season. So when it was revealed he needed surgery, I don't think it came as a massive shock and a, a bit of a relief, if I'm honest, because he looked a little bit jaded and slow when he kept, yeah. and he obviously kept dropping with injuries. And it seemed like. Yeah. Maybe his headspace isn't right. And obviously with things that Lena's had in the past, we're thinking, oh God, hopefully he's not, there's no issues there. But mm. the good news is it wasn't that. It was a physical injury, which to be fair to him, and for all the Lena haters out there, okay, and, and I, I'm going to say what I think here, is this is why when you're giving your opinion on a player's, how much they care or whether they're playing or how good they are, you should, you don't unless you know all the facts, you should maybe like kind of take a pinch of salt with what you're saying because everybody was, I remember that person who wore the, the t-shirt, you know, the whole like trade Lena t-shirt and all that sort of stuff. This guy was playing through something that, through an injury that needed surgery. That's, that's how much oh, he yeah. cared about this, this team as, as he was doing it. Oh, okay. Maybe he didn't help the team by doing that, but you know, that's just the kind of player he is, but now he's going to miss this season because he's having the surgery. Um, mm-hmm. And that obviously leaves a big hole I know that the Vegas alumni and yourself included, JP, are going to say, but we got Logan Thompson. And I would say, whoa, yeah, who was a backup and could potentially become a starter. Of course he could. But this is going to be the first season in a long while where there is no real defined starter for the Vegas Golden Knights. 
Yeah, yeah, there's going to be a lot of competition for, for the position. Now, it's fairly clear in the Golden Knights camp that Brozois is probably not available to start the season. Uh, he's recovering from a surgery that he had as well. So it's probably going to be the initial competition for the net will be between Logan Thompson and the the uh, Aiden Hill. haven't got to this yet, but the other goalie they picked mm. up, Aiden Hill. Um, mm. Yeah, it's not good news. It, it's definitely a bummer. And already the Knights are having to plug up a hole in the ship, so to speak, like to keep it afloat. Now, on the bright side, um, with the strength of the roster, they can probably do okay for a reasonable part of the season with those two goalies. But I think they're going to totally have their eye on the goalie market. Like, mm-hmm. I think the Knights, that will be job one. And if they if they do manage to, you know, get through the season and make the playoffs, I mean, they'll have their eyes out for a goalie all season, I think. And if, if a big-time goalie becomes available, you can expect that to happen. Unless, like you said, unless Logan Thompson or Hayden Hill, one of those guys just explodes and has a huge breakout season. But, um, and another bold happen. prediction. Yeah, it could happen. It could happen. You can't rely on it, but... And another short, (laughs) bold prediction that a lot of people aren't going to want to hear. I think Leonard has probably played his last game as a Golden Knight. I I, I just look shoulder surgery, double hip surgery, you know, the poor guy like, but I just don't see, I don't see him coming back to this team. I don't think his NHL career is necessarily over, but for right now, for all intents and purposes, all intents and purposes, Leonard's out of the equation period. He's just, mm-hmm. he's not, he's not going to be, you can't factor him into anything right now. And I, the, the odds of him not getting traded off at some point, I just don't see him coming back to the team. That's just my gut. But, uh, you know, I hope that's not the case, but obviously he's out for this season. So, uh, mm-hmm. yeah, it's not good news. It's definitely not good. News. No, it's not. And, and obviously if you do need to trade him in the future after having all that surgery, I would imagine we'll see the return of Mr. Future considerations. So exactly. <laughs> I guess exactly. it's going to be a tough yeah. contract to move. Um, mm-hmm. Like you, I mean, I, I kind of hope that he's not done, but whenever, whenever it's hip surgery, that really worries me because I've Double seen so surgery. many players. That's what I mean. I've seen so many players have, you know, varying levels of hip surgery, but it's, it's, it's such a, it's a, yeah. And your hips are so important in terms of being able to move on the ice. And this is important for outfield players as it is for the goalies. You know, I mean, yeah. this is coming from somebody who is only dangerous on skates because I might fall into you. But it is even even I even I know that it's it is a you know it's, it's a massive part of of not only balance but also the movement and agility, and you know, he kind of needs that. So I hope yeah. you're wrong. Um, <laughs> but me but too. I can under- me too. Understand why you've got that? Why why that's the thought that's there? Yeah. Um, yeah. The other thing, obviously, we, we mentioned then about Aiden Hill uh, traded with San Jose of, of all people for you to to do a trade with. That was that was probably the only <laughs> surprise for me. I thought it was good value. Aiden Hill obviously was at Arizona before he went to um, San Jose. I think that was last season, or season before. Um, mm-hmm. Had a very high ceiling when he was when he was first drafted. Uh, hasn't really realized that. Yeah, but it's been a pretty solid backup. So, you know, like you like you said, I expect Logan Thompson will be your starter. Aiden Hill backup. And then you've mm-hmm. got kind of Hill, Thompson, Brossoir as who plays best wins kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. They'll they'll all be competing for the net. And depending on what happens there, I'm sure the front office will have their eyes peeled for another. As it stands now, you, you need a more seasoned goalie in net if you're going to make a cup run. Could the team make the playoffs with the, this setup? Absolutely. They, they certainly could, even with the goalies they have now. If you're going to go deep or win the cup, I think you probably need to pick up another, you know, top-notch goalie. Like I said, unless Logan Thompson ends up being like Jordan Bennington or something like that, right? Where he kind mm-hmm. of, as a rookie, sort of showed up and and you know took them all the way to the cup. But that doesn't happen very often, right? So uh, nope. that potential's there, but you can't bank on that. So, nope. Normally, the uh, complete opposite happens, and the goalie exactly. that you think is like the big prospect comes in completely yeah. messes the bed and then you very quickly never see them ever again so right um it's a lot it's, of pressure yeah yeah and then if you're you know i think it's darling who used to be and that's not a nickname that's his actual name who was the goalie at chicago who then moved to carolina scott darling um i read somewhere that he's now a stand-up comedian 
So it just shows <laughs> like how right. things can change. So hopefully hey. Logan Thompson isn't, you know, kind of getting his jokes ready too soon because I still think he's got a good chance. But yeah. I, I, you know, I, I put this down here. I think the goalie situation is massive in Vegas next season, it, uh, this season even. If 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 Logan Thompson doesn't work out, and you're pinning all your hopes on 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 Hill and Brossois, whew, that's going to be. Uh, I, I I don't think Vegas can do it. I think Vegas would be forced into having to do a trade, um, and because there's people out there that they could go and get. They don't want to do that now, obviously, because it creates a cap problem. But um, yeah. And and currently, according to Cap Friendly, your projected cap space as the Vegas Golden Knights is zero dollars. Uh, <laughs> yeah. So it's not yeah. it's not going to be easy. I, I, I think if I think of teams like the San Jose Sharks when they went all the way to the conference final under DeBoer with the worst goal goal tending in the league. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. And, and, but that's just because the rest of the roster was so stacked and their offense was so high octane. So. Can the Knights make the playoffs with the current goalie lineup? It's quite possible. Could they even mm-hmm. go a couple of rounds? It's quite possible. If you're going to win the cup, uh, yeah, I think you. I think you're right. I think you need somebody more seasoned in there, barring some breakout miracle season, right, from one of those guys. So, <laughs> and I'm sure the front office is thinking the same thing. They're they're keeping their eye on every goalie in the mark, you know, every goalie on in the league, uh, to become available. And that, that would be a move they would jump right on if, uh, if the right one came up, I'm sure. So. So JP, that pretty much wraps us up time-wise for this first episode and now we've still got a load to cover which obviously we mentioned at the beginning of the show so the way we're going to do this and uh and we're going to change slightly from what we kind of mentioned at the beginning of the show but we're still within the same boundaries is we're going to be doing two pre-season shows this is the first one of those two obviously you'll see them drop wherever you get your podcast from um and, and do obviously subscribe to our show every subscription helps uh and at the end of the two preseason shows, we're then going to do a final show at the end of September, which will be our predictions show. So what we're going to get going before we do that show, so the next couple of weeks, you'll see via the Twitter accounts of both the Kraken Knights Twitter and the Golden Steel Twitter is the areas that we're going to be predicting on. And that's the bit that we want you guys to get involved with. So some of the questions, just to throw them out there, and JP and I will be talking about this next week, but we want to know what you think as well is – who do you think is going to have a breakout season and why? And that can be Vegas, that can be Seattle, could be anybody in the league for that matter, but it'd be better for us if it's Vegas or Seattle. Um, what prospect is going to make that next step? Who needs to have a bounce back year and why? Uh, and from a Vegas standpoint, what happens to the front office if Vegas missed the playoffs again in 2022-2023 season and there'll be a whole host of other things in terms of who's going to win the division who's going to win this that and the other but we'll post all of that onto twitter so you guys can get involved no you don't have to it's up to you we're going to do ours anyway and we're going to have a bit of inter-rivalry between myself and jp but that's going <laughs> to rock that episode so i know this is a little bit strange the way that we've done this because we normally we on a weekly basis and everything's nice and synced and we haven't got three months worth of stuff to go through but this is the pre-season and as proven by the NFL the, the yesterday, the preseason is chaos, uh, and our preseason is <laughs> going to be just the same. So we really appreciate you listening to this, and we will be back again. So we're going to record again next week. So each Wednesday, so this Wednesday, so that's the 14th, is when the first episode will drop. You know that because you're listening to this episode already. The next episode will drop on the 21st. So that's Wednesday, the 21st of September. And the final episode, which is the predictions episode, will drop on Wednesday, the 28th of September. And then there'll be a little gap until the season starts. And then we're back as normal. So, so JP, we're going to be busy, mate, for a couple of weeks. I'm, I'm hoping that's, a, that's okay with yourself, yeah, right? It's fine, man. I'm happy to be back. Yeah. Hockey too, can't mate. start soon enough. Yep. I agree. And we're ready. We've got news jingles ready and all that kind of stuff for the new season. <laughs> so, um, as I said, look, you know, feel free to leave your thoughts on the Twitter accounts, get involved with us. Let us know what you think for this season. Cause or if there's any questions you want to ask myself with JP, please do. You can use the website 
to do that. And obviously that is a, a link of that is in the description of the podcast if you can find it there. Um, and you could there's a, obviously the ask us function on there, or you can drop us a note on Twitter, whatever is easier for you. Um, but we're, we're happy to field any questions that you have or you want to ask us around these two teams. But the good news is there was a lot of stuff for us to talk about. I mean, I know we're going to talk about this more in the next episode, JP, but there is a lot of reason to be excited for both Vegas fans and Seattle fans for next season. Like I, I, the teams have got better. Lena aside, the teams have both got better. And I think there's a lot of reasons for us to be pretty positive over the next few episodes. Yeah, absolutely. I totally agree with that. I'm, I'm, I'm pumped for this season for sure. Mm. And we need hockey back because to be honest, without it, it's pretty dull. Uh, so uh, <laughs> yeah I, I hate the off season <laughs> i'm ready man i'm ready exactly cool well, look thanks for listening guys and uh yeah stay safe and we'll we'll see you again next week see ya bye bye